webinar now is streaming live on Facebook. It is that time of the week where we get together and give you Million Dollar Agent Podcast, Troy Malcolm, John McGrath, Tom Panos, probably episode close to Troy. We're in the threes or not? 253, I think we are today. 253 episodes of Million Dollar Agent. And the reason we had to fit it in... Hang on a second. You say that time of week, this is the second time in 250 we've done it at this time of the week. So <laughs> I love the fact that you're making it like where we've got this organised time slot and it happens same time. So <laughs> it's that time of week. This is the second time we've done four o'clock on a Friday. God love you. A big, shout out, a, a big shout out to Joanne that works out. I think it's in Leeton. I can't remember, but it was Joanne. I did a coaching session with her and, uh, and her partner, husband, I think, during the week. And she says, you know what we really love about Million Dollar Agent? It Lately, it just comes as a surprise when we least expect it. it just <laughs> so, so that's the reason I thought we've got to get back in and get one done this week. And I'm pretty pumped and excited because it's that time of the year. There's so much happening. A lot of sales happening around the country. I've just left Josh Tesselin's office in Quakers Hill, driven back home, and I was saying to John off camera before you're coming in, Troy, that it's really interesting that, and, I, and by the way, I love metaphors. I love, I love, metaphors are interesting because they help you visualize it. And I said to Josh, you made 25 sales in October and 39 in the office. I'm mm. just curious, where did the listing leads come from? And that's what we're going to talk about for a lot of today. The fact that if you walk around the Bay Run, you'll see that there could be some guy with a fishing rod. He's sitting there. He's got one rod trying to catch a fish. And then occasionally you see a guy who's a little bit more prepared, a little bit more professional, has taken more time, set up 10 rods, sits back and is watching. And I think that's a really good comparison to real estate. The best agents I know, Chewancy included, Matty Steinway, you'll notice that they don't rely on just one lead source. And um, I've got an actual model that I'm going to go through today, which had a lot of Josh Tesselin's um, lead sources. But John and Troy, your view on lead sources and opportunities. Oh, look, you're right, Tommy. Layering, as, as we often call it internally, um, is key. I mean, there, there's always going to be some things that work better for you or that you like more. But, you know, it's and, and I'll, I'll extend your metaphor a bit further is, you know, you've got someone with one rod and someone else has got 10 rods and someone else though, goes out and buys a, a, a net and builds a cannery and they scoop in all the fish and they put it in. That's what Josh Cheslin's done. Josh has got the net out there. He's scooping them all in. He's creating a, you know, a team around him. And I think this is this is the key thing. And I, I've seen it with Team Dowling and just in our business, Team Dowling, Team Steinway, Chauncey, McManus, um, Ockerlander, all, all our best agents, they have multiple lead sources and um, they work them all. And some of them are letterbox and we're going to go through them in a minute. Some of them are social media. But um, I think it's critical because it's like an advertisement, Tommy. If you remember, you look at that on TV and often you'll see it 10 times before you even realise what it is. And some, you know, you flick it across. And I think, you know, it's a bit like that. You know, familiarity and frequency builds sort of this subconscious thing that you're the, the best agent. So, Troy, I think it'd be fair to say of our guys, that's what our top people are doing. It's layering. I always liken it, John. You know, when you're in the market to buy a new car or something like a new phone and 
you start thinking about it, you maybe read an article on it online and then you see an ad in the paper and then all of a sudden it starts popping up everywhere. I think the same psychology works with real estate advertising. If you just had one approach to prospecting and it was just signboards or it was just DLs, you wouldn't have the same results as if you see a signboard, a DL, a social media post, a, a, a full page ad in the local publication, maybe a banner on the local school as a sponsorship option. I think you have to have a consistent approach in those layers before you can start to see those results come through. Because, you know, if you only had one approach and one strategy, you wouldn't see nearly what those the agents that you just mentioned, they're phenomenal in the way they work, but you wouldn't see those things come through. True. So, so why, don't we, why don't we explore some for our listeners and just give them some of the ones that Josh is using. And um, I'd be surprised if a lot of the successful agents wouldn't say that they're one of the most important. So let's go through them. A, 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 a weekly drop. In fact, as I was leaving his office, there was eight big boxes out the front. And I said, what are they, Josh? He says, they're next week's letterbox drops, right? They're in boxes. So uh, letterbox drops. And the letterbox, Tommy, just while I'll comment on a couple as they go through. Number one is make sure it's always recycled so it's as environmentally friendly as owning the letterbox can be. A, for the environment, most importantly, and B, for your own brand, is people keep receiving this stuff and it's on non-recycled stock. It's going to annoy a lot of people, as it should. So that's critical. The second thing is make sure it's valuable, relevant information. You know, don't do the chest beating, you know, how good are we? And, you know, I think even, you know, we won an award at this. I think it's more about, you know, these six homes have sold recently, these are the prices, uh, we think the market shifted up 5 to 7%. If you're interested, we'll be in your street next week. So that brings a bit of relevancy and um, immediacy to it. And I was talking to actually Steve Vock this morning out at our Forestville office, Steve and Karen are fantastic agents. And they were saying that that particular one works very, very well for them, which is information plus we're going to be in your street next week, which they are. It's not made up. They are going to be they're all your precinct. So I think that for owning the letterbox is a great thing, but make it environmentally friendly and make it relevant and call to action and something that they can, that's relevant for the time, not just the information. John, I also think make it interesting, make it information that they can't get access to. So where are the buyers coming from? Are they coming from the Northern beaches? Are they coming from the inner West? What's the average size of the family? Give them insights that they can't find themselves online by just a couple of clicks. I think that's where we get caught up in a lot of the, the relevancy is making sure that it does really get cut through. Otherwise, it's just going to be more stuff that's shoved in their letterbox. And Tommy, knowing that we've only got 20 minutes, we won't make this level of commentary about everyone. But, but um, I think that's, that's a couple of key points. Number two is what, Tommy? Insta story that then is automatically duplicated on Facebook story. And that is normally a post that is showing that you're active listing and selling real estate, might be at a photo shoot, might be a property that's just been sold, but it's essentially letting people know that you're doing stuff. And as uh, Imogen McAllister says, an Insta story a day keeps the doctor away. It lets people know that you're there. The, uh, the third one, is a Facebook post and an Insta post, which is different to a story. It's something that actually sits there permanently. Stories are erased after 24 hours. So he actually said uh, Facebook posts. And I said, well, give me an example of Facebook posts. And some of the examples of Facebook posts could be um, a video off a vendor that has just sold their property. 
And where the real value comes in, guys, is that that post can actually be tagged to the vendor. So if you actually have, for instance, if, you know, Troy had sold his house and Troy says, listen, I've just sold my property and I was over the moon with the whole process, 10 out of 10. What you can do is have that video then tagged to the owner and then you'd ask Troy, listen, if, you know, if you're happy enough, we'd love it for you to share that video. Troy's got 500 friends. He shares that video. That's the equivalent of what the barbecue recommendation was 20 years ago, but actually done to 500 people. It's actually a recommendation on steroids. Quick one there, Tommy, on that to add to it. Facebook Live auctions as well, if you've got a good on-site auction. Upcoming, I know Mike Dowling's been doing that lately to great effect. If you've got a good on-site auction, send it live. Have someone in your team, you know, videoing it and sending it live. Next one. Next one is a community video being a video where you show that you're aligned to local businesses in your community and that you support them and you're there. The value of that video is apart from you actually, um, you know, promoting the local business, they also have an audience. They also have followers. And if they like the video, they actually might be putting it up on their timeline, which means you get introduced to another group of people that might not actually follow you. I know, Tommy, that Alex Mintorn used to do his weekly market wrap Saturday afternoon. And if there had been a business that had opened in the area, he would interview them. But even if they haven't, he'd do it in a local cafe. So today I'm in you know, um, Grasshopper Cafe, and I'm doing a report from here. It's great coffee. So he would kind of rove around, so doing that. So another another little opportunity for people. John, I think I recently saw one from Alex as well uh, on the North Connects or near the North Connects. So the North Connects just opened. Uh, obviously affects a lot of his community. He did one live uh, as he was driving through the North Connects, which I thought was an interesting take. Someone else we'll, get Tringali, we'll get Tringali to do one on the West Connects, hopefully. We'll stop <laughs> whinging about the whole thing. I mean, my God. Anyway, Mr. Haberfield, he's on fire. He is on fire. I love him. Yeah, I've just noticed, actually, just driving back home, I've noticed three boards that mustn't have been there four or five days ago. Um, mm. And I presume some of these are off markets because I've only seen the board pop up with the sole buyer, which says to me he must have negotiated that deal pretty quickly. Um, I did it with him, Tommy and Rose and the family last Monday. And uh, I've got to tell you, he's a good real estate agent, but he's a bloody good cook too. Mate, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been there, but very, very good. So, Well, well, uh, well John, I'm, I'm letting you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. He doesn't <laughs> consume this podcast tonight because if he does, if he does, if Michael Tringali listens to this podcast, there will be... Six months of conversation. Oh, by the way, you know John loves my food, right? I won't hear the end of it. I won't hear the end of it. Susan, Troy, try and hold off. Can you block? You know how you can block stories on Instagram. Can you block podcasts? Tringali, block, block Tringali. Block him. Don't tell him he's a good cook. Okay. <laughs> The, ne the, next, the next one is rating sites, and they do matter. I think consumers actually will, if they're unsure, I've done it myself. I've gone on a Google reviews at the last minute where I'm trying. Look, it happened the other day. I was in Enmore, and I looked at a restaurant, and I thought to myself, should I go in? Should I? It was at lunchtime. Should I go in? And I, wanted, I went on a Google reviews. I'm not going to mention the restaurant, but the first four reviews said, <laughs> not the first four, amongst the first four, said um, I, got, I had food poisoning. Now, I don't know, but the fact that it was four 
in such a short and it, it affected me and I went across the road and then I walked back and I was salivating because I wanted I wanted this um, this uh, I don't want to mention the kind of food because people say well there's only one of those restaurants in Enmore <laughs> but, but but here's the deal can I ask you both do you ever go off and look at reviews before you make a decision on things thousand percent and what I was saying to our agents in Canberra yesterday is Oh, if, if there's seven reviews and they're all five star, I get very, very suspicious. If there's 124 reviews and, and most of them are really, really good, some are good and there's a few bad ones, I'm, I'll go to that restaurant or that movie because it's real. You want, you want it to be authentic and real. And we all know that in, if you're a high volume agent, there's going to occasionally be someone that's not a thousand percent happy with what happened. So I think you've got to be as authentic as possible. Uh, I know Josh has been huge on, what is it, Troy? Tom, is it Open Agent or Rate My, rate my rate Agent? Rate My Agent. Yeah, huge, huge on that. And I think uh, REA is, is, is pretty pretty uh, material now. Google. I think Google reviews are becoming more and more important too. So I, I'd be looking at a strategy that gets you onto all of them. So for our listeners as well, REA has just changed their algorithm. So it's not just based on the number of reviews. It's based on how many quality reviews you have so you can actually search by the criteria of how many reviews are five star three star one star and they'll rank themselves that way tom i don't buy anything these days as any significant purchase without checking uh online product reviews from it so if it's an iphone if it's a camera if it's a microphone i won't buy it unless i've got at least a really quality review from someone i trust on youtube or on facebook well the the other thing with josh is um i know you'd be aware of this he emails or he texts a link to his customers that says, Tom, I hope you had a good experience. If you did, if you wouldn't mind linking through and saying if you were. He makes it easy to rate him. So it's not about, cross my fingers, I hope someone finds the site. He actually creates a system and he sends it out to every customer. Next one, five. Next one, as plain as it sounds, a weekly email that goes out same time, you know, every week that is predictable, that's got useful information. I know that every Friday night at 7.05 p.m., I get a John McManus email. Um, Mm -hmm. 7.05 p.m., I get a John McManus email. It's like clockwork. So um, there, the next one... um, what do we got here? He's got rate my agent vendor testimonial. Oh, pre-portal videos, which is pretty much something that Lisa Novak has has mastered, which is, hey, everyone, letting you know, giving you the heads up, you're going to get three days before this hits REA and domain. Let's have a quick view. So pre-portal videos. So you can see, and it was along the lines of what you were talking about before, Troy, which is stacking. You see, these things working in combination has someone that says, got the drop, saw the signboard, saw that on a live, and before you know it, you've actually etched and tattooed in the consumer's mind, right? And um, I think that where the real work comes in is to do this thing repeatable and predictable and scalable requires you to actually be an organized person. And um, essentially, if you're going to be a person that's doing more than five sales every month, you're probably going to find that you're going to need to have support because if you if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant, you know? With all these things, Tom and John, the process will set you free. Um, you know, if you can nail it once, you should be able to put a process down and make it repeatable. 
And I would say that to everyone, you don't need to do everything that we mentioned, but you do need to pick the ones that really work well for you and execute them every time you get a listing. John, we've spoken about Peter Chauncey over the years um, is become famous for owning the letterbox. And we know yeah. it's a very simple formula that's repeatable every single listing that gets very good results. Yeah. 1,500 just listed cards that go out, 1,500 auction invites, 1,500 sold cards. After the six sales are made within that month or week, there's a six pack that goes out communicating to his marketplace that everything that's happened with those sales. I just think it's a very simple approach done very well. That's got phenomenal results for him over the years. I just, by the way, guys, the reason I was at Josh's office is I, I do training and coaching with him and his team. And today's was a session on scripts and dialogues. What's interesting is when we use the term scripts and dialogues, it's not actually scripts and dialogues. It's actually approaches and frameworks to actually speaking to people, right? A lot of people think, oh, it's exactly that word. But it was really interesting because I got a text message as we're speaking. And the text message is from Taylor that works there. He said to me, Tom, is there an approach? I'm finding it difficult to talk to listings that have expired and me getting in there and talking to them. And I said, okay, what are you currently doing? He says, hi, you know, got to buy, blah, blah, blah. I said, try this. Would you be open-minded enough to hear on how we sell properties in 72 hours that may have been on the market for three months? And he tried it and he said to me, he's got an appointment. And I just want to finish up on this point. Think about it. If I got up at Arik and said to the people at Arik, who is open-minded here today? Every hand would go up. Everyone wants to be associated as being an open-minded person. They don't want to be a closed-minded person. So I often find if you're introducing an idea to someone, a very soft approach is to say, would you be open-minded enough to hear and then you go into the topic? Because I think a lot of people don't want to define themselves as being a closed-minded person. Um, but he, he had a great run too. He told like this, this guy here, young guy as well. He did, he had a hundred and he did a hundred and what did he say he did? I thought he, I think he did a $190,000 month, right? Matty Steinway, he did a million dollars in, oh, we were talking about that, John, a million dollars a month. A million dollar a month. I mean, we've got people here that have got on their goal chart, on their vision board in 2025 to write a million dollars in a year, right? And Matty Steinway, you know, walked around, still did his triceps and biceps and still did a million dollars in GCI for the month. Extraordinary effort. It is extraordinary. Extraordinary effort, extraordinary team. Well Gang, it is 4.30. It is the end of the week. Thank you so much to all our listeners tuning in. Uh, guys, can I ask you much plan for the weekend? Nah, not a lot. I was just going to ask you, is it same time, same place next, next week? Uh, no, we can't say that, Tom. The chances <laughs> of that are, are infinitesimal. That it'll be same time, same place. I'd just say, we'll see you in about a week or two. Somewhere, somehow, we'll, we'll let you know. Soon. We'll see you soon. <laughs> we'll see you soon. That covers it. See you, gang. See you, guys. Bye, everyone.